Inside the house. Could it be an urban legend? <laughs> Am I right? Hello? Hey, don't get shy on me all of a sudden, fuckface. This is the one about the babysitter, right? She's getting those scary, harassing phone calls. And she traces them back. They're coming from inside the house, right? But ask why, aren't you forgetting something? I'm not babysitting any kids. Wrong legend. This is the one about the old lady who dries her wet dog in the microwave. Welcome to the new and improved Buzzkill Podcast, where only a couple things are new and even less things are improved. I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And I'm Justin. Hi, guys. There's nothing improved about this show. <laughs> we took a week off, and there's about 1% difference. <laughs> <laughs> that sucked. That sucked taking a week off. Yeah, I missed it. Yeah. I really did. I was telling Jay before you got here, I, uh, I said we were here working on it last week, but I kind of missed the whole... Uh, Recording session. I missed the rush. <laughs> we, you the mean rush. like we still talked about all this stuff, but we just didn't actually record any of it. <laughs> and if we, and, and and if there's no record of it, it didn't happen. So we, we probably could have just recorded our conversations at home and then just put it up as an episode. That it would have been. It probably would have been better than normal. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say it would have been even less boring than normal. But you're <laughs> right. It probably would have been better. So, how has the last two weeks treated you, gentlemen? Uh, not bad. Just been hanging out. Yeah. Oh, we went to. Uh, what were you gonna say, Jay? Go ahead. We went to, um, uh, sounds great. <laughs> Motor City Nightmares. Oh, we did. He did. We, since we I skipped forgot, the show I last week. But, yeah, last we actually yeah. went, uh, two weeks ago to Motor City Nightmares, uh, uh horror convention mm-hmm, mm-hmm. here in, uh, not technically the Motor City. It was over in Novi. Novi. And that was cool. It was my first time going. How many times have you been? Uh, I have been, I went to the very first one, which was years ago. I went to the one, the second one, and then I took a few years off. I went last year and then this year. Oh, cool. So, I've been to quite a few of them. Yeah, it was sweet. Uh, just a ton of vendors selling awesome, mm-hmm. awesome stuff. Mike bought... Um... I met the uh, I met the, the guys from uh, Source Point Press who uh, did the Holliston comic. Which you don't know if you don't know what Holliston is, it's Adam Green and Joe Lynch's uh, sitcom, their right. horror sitcom that they uh, that they do. And uh, they had a graphic novel that came out uh, not too long ago, end of last year, I think. And uh, Source Point Press, which is the comic company that put it out, had a booth there, and I ended up uh, striking up a conversation with the artist that did the book, and I talked to him, and uh, I was able to buy some original. Uh, page art yeah like the actual pages that they scan and then color in all that like it's really really cool turns out they're michigan boys too yeah, which they're is from awesome Saginaw. so 
Yep. Um, yeah, so that was awesome. We we met some of the the, the celebrities there, some of our horror heroes. Mm-hmm. We met uh, Sid Haig. Sid Haig. Uh, <laughs> D, D. Snyder. George Romero was there, which mm-hmm. I I never realized that George Romero was like 6'4". George Romero was looking pretty old, too. He, well, he is old. <laughs> he is old. I didn't know that he was so tall. Yeah, I he's just, huge. Wow. He is huge. Actually, all these people are gigantic mm-hmm. in real life. Um, Jeff Daniel Phillips. Yep. From... Yep. Um, Blackout Asylum uh, from, from 31... What? Or Asylum Blackout? No, that was Richard Brake. Richard Brake. Well, he was Dumbass. there, too. He was there, too, Richard though. Brake was there, too. <laughs> I, I was I was pretty okay with talking to all these people, and, like, I felt pretty natural, and then when I saw Richard Brake, I was like, I kind of nerded out, and I walked up to him, and I had nothing to say. Did he Did he break you? He broke me. <laughs> Dick Brake broke me. It was... Uh, he was intimidating, he really was. Like he was a super nice guy and everything, but I was just like intimidated to be standing in front of him. Yeah, we uh, we uh, had a little chat with Tom Savini, and I completely missed my opportunity to a apologize for ripping him off for fifteen bucks, <laughs> and then b I probably should have told him that I thought his new uh, Jason design sucked, but I, I decided not to. <laughs> I would have liked to see him punch you in the face. You ripped him off for fifteen bucks. Is yeah, that I told the, you that uh, story from Comic Con years ago? Y- the first time that I'd ever met, like I'd ever been to a con years ago. Like you didn't realize you had to pay for autographs. And you I did. Yeah, them. I had. I had. Was <laughs> you condom them at the con. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I brought a uh, VHS with me to get signed. And the best part about it is that I had him sign a movie he had nothing to do with because I didn't realize what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fun times. Oh, and, and the sorry, just the one more thing I gotta say. Uh, Amy Steele was there. Who, <laughs> if if you don't know who Amy Steele is, she played Jenny in uh, in in Friday Two, mm-hmm. which I had a huge crush on her when I was younger. And my wife made me go back and tell her that to her face. <laughs> so that was awkward. <laughs> you gave me so many boners. <laughs> I've got an awkward one right now. Every Friday. <laughs> you should have down. You should have asked her to autograph your boner. That would have been amazing. <laughs> Right on, she, the, right on the tip. You can she's a little still smiley a, face. She still look great, man. She did. Yeah. She actually looks fantastic still. Yeah. Um, oh, dude. I, Meg Foster was there, yep. which if you don't know who Meg Foster is, she just watch a Rob Zombie movie and she's in it. She's in Lords of Salem 31. Mm-hmm. Um, I made eye contact with her and she smiled at me. And I swear that my my soul melted from the inside. Her eyes are piercing. piercing. They they're really, like the, really are. They're like the color of... Uh, I don't, like the ocean in Bora Bora or something like that. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a real juxtaposition to her complexion and her hair color too though. Like they really like stand out. Yeah, she's out. pretty like she's got she's pretty dark, dark hair yeah. and dark complexion and then just like these crazy piercing like sapphire blue eyes. She was gorgeous. Yep. Uh but anyway, yeah. So that was fun. Yeah, Water City fun. Nightmares, what have you been up to the last couple uh, weeks? Nothing man, just uh watching movies, hanging out, you know, mm-hmm. catching up on some we took our week off so we didn't have so many obligations to watch movies. So I started yeah. catching up on some T V and whatnot. Not. What have you been watching? Um, everything. A lot of you know police procedurals and stuff. Police finished, procedurals. Finished Face Off, which is the uh, the makeup show on Sci-Fi. You finished is, it? Like yeah. you've watched we were every episode? It. Yeah. Oh yeah. We were, oh. we were behind in the season. We right finished on. that up. Uh, I, I rewatched uh, Jeepers Creepers. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that in a long time. I rewatched that. Movie doesn't hold up near as well as I wanted it to. Yeah. It really, to me at least, it really, really didn't. I haven't seen. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a few years, but I've always kind of liked it. You yeah. know, aside from the whole like, you know. Victor Salva is a creeper, dirty creeper. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also watched a documentary called Paradise Lost. Yeah, which uh, was it's no way to start 
a uh, I think I watched it on Saturday. It's no way to start a Saturday morning. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Why? Um, let's just say it's it's uh, it's it's the documentary is about um, these three eight year old boys that were brutally murdered, Ooh. and it was following the trial of three like sixteen year olds that they. That they basically said uh, killed these kids in like a satanic ritual. This is, this is a pretty famous case, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I had, I had just heard about it just through the grapevine, but um, but yeah, it's one of those docs where you know they they show you both sides of the story and they can they can spoilers they convicted these kids, but there wasn't a whole lot of evidence to support it, so uh-huh. it's kind of like a watch this and form your own opinion thing. Oh, uh, but it's really it's it's a hard watch because the opening scene of the documentary is actual police footage of them pulling out dead eight-year-old rigor mortis bodies yeah Yeah, it's that's rough and there's genital mutilation yeah it's it's a hard watch especially like like you said not a great way to start a no i think i watched it like nine in the morning i was like oh man i woke up and i started working around my house getting some stuff done i put that on the background and (laughs) it gave me the heaps for sure nice well so like we said this is the new and improved sort of show and slightly improved um so uh (laughs) so what's new and what's improved you ask yeah what? Well, clearly, we already talked about things we watched. We're getting rid of that segment. Axed. Yeah. Gone. Right. See ya. Bye. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Um, we're trying to condense everything down and uh, do all that. So, uh, the news is now transformed. Oh. We wait, also Actually, we you also want to talk, uh, talk about new and improved. <laughs> we got Sarah. Hello. Sarah just walked into the studio. What's She's up, back. beautiful? How you doing? How you been? It's good to see you. Give me five. Cool. I see her every couple Kicked weeks. Kicked her out a while back, and you changed things around, and she's like, well, I'm coming back. All right. Well, this show it. sounds like it's fun again. I'm going to come gotta, back. She's, she's got to see if it's really all that good now, you know? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so what were you saying? So anyway, so so the, the half an hour that we used to spend on news, that's also gone. Being replaced with the uh, bleed feed. The bleed feed. The bleed feed. All right. Well, let's... <laughs> our, uh, our, our top headlines, and then we'll pick something to talk about for a bit, and uh, yeah. Yeah. We got we got crafty with it. Actually, I think that was Jay's idea, wasn't it? I think it was. The bleed feed. Um, but what's not changing is we're still drinking beers. We're ju- we are so drinking we beers. And this week, well, we haven't even talked about what our show's about this week. This week, we're talking about urban legends. Yes. And... Uh, uh, we have quite a few here in Michigan. We do. Uh, one of them, probably is the most the, popular Detroit one. Probably the most popular Detroit one is about uh, Lenain Rouge, which translates to, if you don't speak French, <laughs> it, it, uh, I don't it, speak as a French. Uh, it, it's uh, <laughs> it means the red dwarf, and kind of the story behind uh, Lenain Rouge is that it's kind of it, it's like this harbinger of like bad things doom. to come. Yeah, this harbinger of doom. And it's uh, it the the picture on the box doesn't really show what it's supposed to be because this just looks like a devil. Yeah. But Lenain Rouge is actually supposed to be this tiny little red uh, dwarf with a monkey face. You have a very beautiful monkey face. What a lovely monkey face. <laughs> and uh, so like he he was spotted during the Detroit riots. Yep. Apparently. The, the race riots. Uh, like like people claim that they saw him hanging from a light pole. Mm-hmm. And then, like other times, people said that he would—he was just in the middle because in Detroit we had these horrible race riots back in the '60s. Yep. And uh, it, people claim that they saw Lenain Rouge just dancing in the streets in delight because he was—he just—he loves when horrible things happen. And uh, 
<laughs> just a little more backstory on on Lenane Rouge and that urban legend. If you ever come across him, you're supposed to flatter him, and that's the only way to avoid him. Uh, basically screwing your entire life up. Hence our nice monkey face gestures. That yeah, we <laughs> yeah, we, we, we actually started, like, we, we just decided if we ever come across this tiny little monkey-faced red dwarf, you know, you just tell him what a lovely monkey face you have, and hopefully that's good enough. <laughs> it sounds it sounds like a good plan, I guess. There's it. quite a few stories, like, there's the most famous story is that there was a, a very, like, there was this aristocrat, like, this just... just majorly wealthy man who just had everything in life that he could ever want and he came across Lenane Rouge on a trail one day as he was like walking out in his in his garden or something like that on his land and Lenane Rouge kind of hobbled up to him and instead of flattering him he decided to hit him with his walking stick <laughs> and then the man went broke and and his house burnt down or something mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. and his wife left him so if you're ever in Detroit and you see this little monkey-faced red baboon Mm-hmm. hopping around just make sure you tell him that he's awesome yes sir and that's about it uh so yeah in in uh, honor of lenane rouge we are drinking detroit dwarf from detroit brewing company uh it is a it a, a, a german style alt beer which I, alt beer. I yeah i never really knew what that was so i looked it up does it, and, does it wear black leather and like fishnets yeah it's all and, it's, uh... it's the alter, <laughs> it's the alternative beer <laughs> so depressed um <laughs> Alt beer apparently means old, old beer. Oh. <laughs> or, uh, well, the, it's a great I'm way gonna... to describe your beer. We, we made some old beer. It's old, well, it has something to do with the aging process, but I'm not going to get into that. Uh, Detroit Dwarf. Detroit Dwarf, yeah. Inspired by the legendary Nain Rouge, French for Red Dwarf, our signature beer is full in flavor while remaining very balanced and crisp. It is our pride and pleasure to provide you with one of the finest alt beers brewed in the United States. Says them. Uh, we'll we be the check judge of that. Yeah, we'll be the judge of that. Sarah, would you like one? Yes, please. Oh, yeah. So this is the Detroit Dwarf, not to be confused with what I call my penis. <laughs> <laughs> I got jokes. Yep. I don't have an opener, do you? I got one. Is this Kristoff, maybe? No. Nope. <clears throat> right. Ooh, hello. 5.3%. Um... I want to I want to talk about after we drink this real quick before we well we can do it before or after the news it doesn't matter but I want to talk about a few more Michigan based urban legends. Awesome. We can, we can say that for the tofu as well. Save it for the tofu. You know what we should have did? Beautiful. We should have had our mics panned in surround sound. So that way as them keys were passing around you can hear it <laughs> going around your head. That'd be fantastic. All right, cheers boys cheers, and gentlemen. girl. What's up, girl? What's up, girl? Ooh, oh, that's oh, delicious. that's really good. Oh, it tastes old. It's it <laughs> very old. This is one of those beers that, that I'd say it's a good drinking beer. Yeah, you know, it yeah. just it just goes down smooth. Mm-hmm. Not too heavy. Mm-hmm. Good flavor. Mm-hmm. Damn, that dwarf tastes good. Well, I think that means it's time for the bleed feed. Folks, it's time for the bleed feed, and these are the stories that made the cut. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, That was a thing. Yeah, new and improved. We, uh, <laughs> we not only do we have music now, but we hired this um, this awesome like old timey announcer guy. So that's oh. cool. Oh, I know what you're thinking. We must be rolling in dough. Rolling. Wrong. 
Speaking of old timey, yeah, we had a death Ugh. of an old timer. Uh, Michael Parks passed away. Uh, very sad. Michael Parks, probably the greatest actor that no one ever knew of until, you know, relatively recently. I, Character actor that people, at least people wouldn't know him by name. They probably had seen him around. He was um, amazing, dude. Yeah. Uh, I, Quentin Tarantino's favorite actor, Kevin, one of Kevin Smith's favorite actors. I was reading earlier, apparently, I don't, I don't know the reason I didn't get into it. I didn't have time to get really into it. I want to go back and find out, but apparently he was like blacklisted in Hollywood. Really? For a long time. Was and there then, a reason why? Um I like I said, I, I didn't I didn't get a chance to read the whole thing, mm-hmm. but I just saw that he was he was blacklisted for a long time and then he like came like Quentin Tarantino T- Quentin Tarantino basically like mm-hmm. brought him back out of yeah. ba- back from the dead. Yeah, so. he had a he had a small bit part at the beginning of uh, From Dust Till Dawn <clears> and yeah. that performance like was was mesmerizing like stole to, the a, show, yeah. to a lot of people. And uh, so I said, Tarantino had put him in Kill Bill. He was had a small part in Django, I believe. Uh, and then Kevin Smith used him as a muse for his the later part of his career. The word that you just the word that you just used to describe his performance in From Dust to Dawn pretty much describes him perfectly as What's an that? mesmerizing. But he will oh, absolutely, dude. Like absolutely. in Red State, there's 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 a there's a part that nobody else. I don't. I, there are very few actors that could pull off like that monologue that goes on for yeah. like a half an hour. He's incredible. Where he's just talking, you know, he's like this crazy fundamentalist Christian who's just talking madness. Yeah. And it's like, it's literally like a half an hour long and he's just captivating. Like you you don't, I didn't get sick of it at no, all. No, no, no. He he does what not many other actors can do. He's got like he he had this like sort of old timey like grit to him as well. That's becoming a little like more and more rare in Hollywood these days. As a lot of these guys are starting to die off. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was one of those guys uh, in 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 Tusk, for example. I mean, I mean, fuck. It was a movie about a guy that turns another guy into a walrus. Yeah. Yet, yet he he portrayed this character in such a creepy way for as ridiculous as the story was yeah. and it just worked yeah it and made it, it work chewed the scenery and like just like plus it was so fun to watch plus there's not there's not too many i mean no matter what you think about johnny depp whether you like him as a, a person or not he's a good actor he's a really good actor and my, there's not many people who could sit across from johnny depp in a mm-hmm. scene and steal the show and michael parks managed to do yeah. that like he he is just amazing. Yeah. So, so that's a, that's Michael a big Parks, loss. Uh, dead at the age of seventy-seven. No, uh, no reasons given yet. Uh, nope. They have not released it. Yeah. So um, our condolences to his family. Yeah. Uh, all right. So back into something a little bit more fun. We're getting a Judge Dredd TV show. Oh, hello. They've been talking about bringing the uh, in twenty twelve. I believe it was was the remake, and uh, it did pretty well. Did pretty well. People have been wanting a, uh, a sequel to that, but instead of a sequel, we're going to get this TV show supposedly. So I didn't see the remake. That was, uh, that was great. Was Carl Urban? Yeah, it was Carl Dread? Urban. Yep. Is, you never see his face. Never see his face. Well, he's, he's got the uh, yeah, like the visor on the whole time. Visor on right? the entire movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that movie was really good, actually. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, really good. Um, I was definitely one of the people that wanted to see another sequel. Um, but uh, like I said, we're going to get a TV show. It sounds like it's going to be based more on like a bunch of different judges mm-hmm. it's going to be like an ensemble piece not just the uh, main judge dread what so, uh, um what channel i don't know that i don't know that there's a channel i think it's in development and they're going to shop it around right on. i did not see an actual uh, cable channel listed for it right on right on so uh speaking of things being remade and rebooted mm-hmm. and whatnot uh maybe some of you have heard that suspiria is being remade yes uh well now it's come it's come out just today i think that mm-hmm. Thomas York, one Thomas York of Radiohead, 
is doing is doing the soundtrack or doing the the he's, score. Yeah, he's he's composing the score for it. And what do you think about this? Um, I was excited for Suspiria, but yeah. now I'm afraid when I go to see it in the theaters, I'm just going to be surrounded by like the tightest pants and most pretentious people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Radiohead at all, and I'm even less of a fan of the people that like Radiohead. <laughs> with it, with, so <laughs> with that band, Radiohead. Uh, um, no, like I, old Radiohead's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, like Kid A was an incredible record. Mm-hmm. The Benz was an incredible record. But uh, I, I don't know. Everything they do now, it's like their fan base. It's like anything that Tom York it has the name Tom York or Radiohead attached to it, the fans go nuts. And I'm sorry, but the last couple of Radiohead records have not been good. And mm-hmm. people treat them like they're gold, gold records. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's just one of those things where people like it just because of what it is, without there being real substance like i think the last record was like i, I use the word pretentious it just those that band oozes pretentiousness to me yeah. like i don't know well i just hope his work ethic is uh less lazy than his right eye <laughs> <laughs> okay um but yeah so that'll be that'll be interesting i mean it might be cool but um i hope it doesn't overshadow anything else you know i th- i think he'll he he knows the score he knows what I, i'm sure he i'm sure he's gonna do it justice you know Pro- there's You're probably not a, back when trent reznor started doing this stuff people were like the dude from nine inch nails i don't know and, See, and then look at him he's like he yeah but trent reznor nine inch nail songs were basically film compositions though yeah. to begin with radiohead's just Hey. Yeah, I want to. I want to fuck you like <laughs> that, an animal. That was, that like was my Radiohead impression. I want to fuck you like an animal. I could picture that in like Bridget Jones's diary or something. Hey, and there's she movies did, that would. Sing. She she did get pregnant in the sequel. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, hey, <laughs> what'd you say, Jay? There's movies that would suit. Yeah, you gotta yeah. find them in that back cornered off section of family <laughs> yeah, video. That section that I always wondered about, but I could never go into. Barnyard Daughters Two. Oh, oh what? <laughs> All right, what else you got? Uh, okay, so we got some trailers. New trailer for It came out. Mm. Now, I want to. Well, first of all, how are you feeling about it? Because you're the one that's been so the most every up time, in the air about the every whole time thing. Every time we see more of these trailers, uh-huh. I was uh, I was not sold on the movie at all. And we saw the first trailer, and I was more excited for it. Not sold, but more excited. Uh, now, when the second trailer hits, it's more focused on the kids and like their whole their whole story. Right. And um, I'm liking it more now that I'm seeing, I think, the characters fleshed out a little bit in the trailers. And then also, I actually really like the shot of Pennywise at the end. I still am not a fan of the way that he looks, but it's creepy. And it does it does do what they wanted it to do. I'm just still not convinced that it was the it's, right choice. It's that dry, It's the giant triangle of balloons. The yes. upside down triangle. Yeah, there's something very... I want to hold balloons like that. There's something really striking about that. Like, you, when you've... Every every other shot that you ever saw of Pennywise, uh, it, it, for this new movie, he was always just holding one balloon, mm-hmm. and then when the kid turns around, and you see this gigantic triangle. It's just so unnatural looking, and and, 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 and it's weird. Like these bright red balloons against a real drab like right. world behind him, you know. <clears throat> so it really it really stands out. And then the 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 red on his face is the same color as the red balloons. Yeah. And so that stands out a lot more. Um and one thing that I will say about his, his the way that he looks, especially in this trailer, because mm-hmm. you're seeing him in the light more, the whiteness in his complexion and his clothes, they pop a lot more than they did in the in the production. It's not as bills. it's not as drab and gray as you thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, I mean it still is, <clears throat> but at least it's bright. Like right. the white that is there is bright. Yeah. So that that helped a lot in uh, the way that it looked and the way that I uh, took it. Um, that kid who plays uh, Eddie, 
mm-hmm. uh, Jack Jack Dylan Grazer. That kid is just from just from that little bit in the trailer. Like he's he's really good at playing that kind of like neurotic, sort of nerdy little kid. You know, is the he the kid, one? Is he the, the one that was saying you're, be- you're playing in a cesspool? Yeah, well, he's, he's like no, no, no. That's that's gray water. I'm not yeah, going in. Yeah, the, yeah. Like, that kid looks like he's gonna do a hell of a job in in that role. So uh, the um the dialogue that the kids were speaking to was very believable. Yeah, it was really natural. Really believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm surprised that they cursed in the trailer. Did you notice that? Oh, well, it was a red band trailer. Oh, was it? Yeah. I, I didn't Wasn't see the it? band. I didn't see the band, so I there's just trailer two. I just assumed like you can't you don't usually swear in trailers unless that's, it's red that's band. Why, that's why it caught me off guard. Yeah. Um anyway, we also got a trailer for uh Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> Dang, does and it look awesome? Listen, listen, it can go fuck itself because I want to see Blade Runner. Like that that between the two movies. Blade Runner oh, all the way. See, I got confused because you go, you go. Oh. It, can, it can go fuck itself. I'm like, I thought you, I thought that it looked cool. No, the movie it. The movie it can can go yeah. get lost because Blade Runner looks absolutely amazing. Yeah, it looks really good. Um, I'm I'm I was never a big fan of the original until recently. Mm. Um, I had seen um, I had just seen it for the first time a few years ago, and I want there's couple different cuts of the movie. There's the director's cut and there's the theatrical cut more specifically. One of them has a uh, voiceover done by Harrison Ford and the other one does not. Uh, and the one that does not to me is way better because the voiceover kind of ruined the movie. Uh-huh. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. But the Blade Runner 2049 though, it looks right. It feels right. Mm-hmm. It it looks like a perfect continuation to that original movie. Yeah. Uh, Harrison Ford looks like old man Harrison Ford. I mean, <laughs> he doesn't really change himself for roles anymore. It's, you kind of don't let him near a plane, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> or a flying car for this matter. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm super excited. Gosling looks like he just slays it. Yeah. Uh, Jared Leto looks incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, just everything. This, the that'll, colors, that'll, the... that'll be the one way that I'll get my wife to go see this movie. Yeah. Jared Leto's in it. All right, done. let's go. Done. Yeah. She's already sliding off her chair. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. So I'm super pumped. If you haven't seen it, uh, check it out. It's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I already mentioned it, but the colors too, like that that that, that world embody. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it looks really good. It's so good. And like the 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 giant set pieces and stuff like yep. that, like yep. the huge sculptures and stuff. It just looks awesome. Yep. Um. All right. So uh, our final piece of the headlines, which I want to spend a little bit of time on, because we've talked about this on the show before, is uh, we're getting. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room. And then once Mike mom, Mike's mom leaves, we'll talk about this. <laughs> that was just uncalled for. I'm sorry. <laughs> Barb is a saint. Um, okay, so we are getting a Hellboy mm-hmm. remake. Yeah. Which was very unexpected. I don't think anybody saw this coming. Uh, this just broke, I think, what, yesterday? Except for Mike Mignola. <laughs> Clearly he knew about this for a while. I yeah. mean, surely they all knew about it for a while. But um, So it wasn't too long ago when we were talking about... Uh, Del Toro, Magnola, and Ron Perlman getting together to discuss the possibility of a proper Hellboy 3. And it looked good for a while. It looked decent because people wanted it. Well, Del Toro did the whole, like, if this gets 100,000 likes, we're going to seriously talk about it. Yeah. And then it got like 140 within 12 hours or something. Yeah. And then and then he just killed it like the, the next week or something and said, Hellboy 3 absolutely will not happen. And I have to imagine that at this point, that's because Magnola basically told him that they were already working on something else. Because this had to have been a production for, or at least pre-production for a while. Yeah. Um, which is crazy to me, though. If you have, if you have, 
Well, let's get the let's let's get the specifics out of the way. It's a Hellboy remake. It's gonna be closer to the source material because it'll be a very dark R-rated movie. R-rated, which um, is cool. It's going to be starring uh, David Harbor, who you would know as uh, Jim Hopper. Jim Hopper from Stranger Things, mm -hmm. which I think it's a perfect fit. I really do. I love Ron Perlman as the character. Yeah, this might be better. Uh, I I'm not gonna go that far. I think that it's, I think that it will be better given that they might be changing the tone. As long, you know what I'm saying? I think that Perlman fits better in that Del Toro sort of, not comedic, but a little bit more lighthearted character. Mm -hmm. And if this Hellboy is going to be darker, Dark more edgy, gritty, yeah. I think that, I, uh, yeah, I think it's perfect. I, I was, I was like, I was weirded out by that, that casting call at first. I was like, David Hart, really? And then, but we started looking up pictures of like the, the comic book pictures yeah. of Hellboy and then David Harbour, uh, when he's got proper facial hair and stuff, mm -hmm. I was like, I can actually see it. He kind of looks like he's got stealth. the same, yeah, he's <laughs> got the same shaped face and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's going to work great. And I'm not going to, I'm I'm kind of up in the air. I would have liked, I like Del Toro's world. I do too. I like Perlman as Hellboy, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to flush this down the toilet. Not at all. I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be, they're both going to be great for different reasons. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be directed by Neil Marshall, which, yeah. is, which excites the hell out of me because Neil Marshall has been away from film directing for a while. <clears throat> uh, he had a couple flops and um, didn't, you know, he moved on to doing TV, did a lot of Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. His best ep his episodes, or the best episodes of Game of Thrones I hear are his episodes because he did he did a lot of the big fight the big battle episodes. Oh, did he do the um, uh, the wedding? I think is a big one. Oh, the red wedding. I think he did that. Did yeah. Did he did he direct the the um, uh, the the battle of the bastards? Maybe I'm not sure. I don't actually watch that, Game of Thrones because that was one of the most intense things I've ever seen. It was um, amazing. But yeah, he did a lot of those the, the big epic action episodes though mm -hmm. and that's what he was known for for a right while um, <clears throat> but uh, I think the last movie that he did was Doomsday or Centurion it might have been Centurion I don't think I, I've never both, seen both Centurion both fantastic movies um, but anyway though it's good to see him getting back I mean he directed probably one of my favorite horror movies of the last decade in The Descent, the Descent yeah. which is, is, is a masterpiece in mm -hmm. my opinion uh, Dog Soldiers before that um, I'm a big fan of his work so when I heard that he was attached to it I'm okay with it. Yeah. I think I can set the Del Toro aside. I'm happy that we at least got two. Golden Army, the second one, is <laughs> is my favorite mm -hmm. of the two. Uh, and so I, there's always those to go back to, you know? So right. let's see what, let's see what they do. It. I'm excited. Um, yeah, like yeah. I said, I'm not writing it off or anything. It's it's definitely weird. It's a weird uh, departure from what, what we're used to, but I'm not going to... I'm not such a super fan of like the of of the comics and the first two movies. I am a huge fan, but I'm not like a crazy super fanboy about it. Where I'm gonna just say, "Ah, oh, well, fuck this," you know. It's I'm I'm willing to see what's gonna happen. Yeah, one of the things that does that strike me though is if they knew that the fan base was there enough to do a remake, why wouldn't they think to do what the fans wanted to do in the sequel? Yeah, it seems odd to me that fans have wanted this for so 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 long. And the studios did not seem like they were behind the idea, but now they're going to put all this money and effort into a a remake. Maybe they maybe they felt like they really wanted to, you know, they wanted the R rating, they wanted the dark gritty side of it, and they maybe just couldn't do that with yeah. Del Toro's universe and and, and Perlman as well, Hellboy. Well, they do. It, it is. It, I I had mentioned when Deadpool came out, I said the fact that it did so well with an R rating is not good for the industry because every studio is going to try to put out that R-rated comic book movie now. Mm -hmm. 
and and, and we're seeing it. Right. And I think this is a product of that. I think you're absolutely right. I think they probably wanted to go a different direction because that's what's selling, and they couldn't really do that in Del Toro's world. Right. I think you're absolutely right. It would be too. It would be too weird. It would like. You it wouldn't know, fit. It, the tone would be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, but, I, I, um, I don't know. Like I said, just wait and see what happens. I guess. Yeah, that's all you can do. Yes, sir. So. That was the bleed feed, and those are the stories that made the cut. All right, Jay, hit me with that tofu. Throughout this dulcy, faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. Alright guys, welcome to the Tofu. So this is another thing that we uh, changed up a little bit for the uh, the new and improved show. Mm-hmm. So uh, instead of trying to, you know, pack in five different movies that we always go way over time with, uh, <laughs> we're going to make it the habit now to pick three of our favorite movies that fit the theme of the week. And uh, or we figured we'd at least go like one one classic usually. Mm-hmm. One well-known one. One well-known one. Uh, one classic one. Yeah, I guess that fits in the same. One well-known one. Yeah. Maybe one that we haven't seen. Something new for us. Something new for us. And, and then, then something that we like, maybe that we want other people to see that maybe they haven't seen before. And eventually, too, we thought maybe we'd you know throw a few choices out on Twitter, do like a poll, and yeah. have have people work. have people figure it out for it. It's a work in it's progress. Work in progress. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, before we jump into the movies, though, like we. So we, we're talking we, about we, urban legends. Yeah, we again. live in a state that's uh, pretty rife with urban legends. We yeah. have a ton of them. Uh, do you guys have any favorites? Um, well, one of my one of my favorites is ex- my favorite in Michigan is what we already talked about is the uh, Detroit Dwarf. You know, I I work right down the street from where a lot of the race riots took place. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of buildings that are still boarded up from that or whatever. So the the whole Nain Rouge mythology, you know, it's always on my mind because I'm seeing still you know the, the aftermath of those uh, those riots. So that one will be my favorite. It's kind of there's actually a festival too every year. Oh yeah, in got, Detroit, yep. there's a March March 20th, I think yep. it is. It's March the day Din- after my birthday every March year. March Nain uh, Rouge. March yeah March it's basically Nain Rouge. It's basically a big festival and a parade, and the whole idea is that the parade drives the Nain Rouge back to the water. Right back to the and, and back to the river and banishes him for the year. Yeah, uh, and people cool. people dress up in giant the costumes for like the you know, Red Devil and all that, and it's it's a really cool thing. I keep meaning to go down for it. Yeah, but... our buddy Carney's been trying to get me to go for years, and yep. I just I'm I can never. Does go, he go every so. year? Uh, he's gone every year, I think, for like the nice, past nice. probably five or six years. So, well, one of the other one of the other urban <laughs> legends in Michigan that I've that I that I really dig, and I've never gone to see it, and I want to, but it's a thing called the Paulding Lights. You ever uh, heard of this? Oh yeah, uh, it's up in the Upper Peninsula <clears throat> in the uh, it's the little town of of Paulding, and apparently, if uh, you if you park up on top of this big ravine and you look like down, you can see these lights that just float in the air down there. Uh, I've heard I've heard that it, it, it's like the, supposedly the ghost of a railroad worker or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of people have gone down there and supposedly seen them. Some people like to say that it's like a, a U.S. interstate off in the distance that you're seeing, or or like some weird because they they say something about like uh, like like natural gas like something yeah reflecting the headlights from cars off the, in the it's, distance it's, or it's something the reflection of the moon over the swamp gas right, exactly, yeah <laughs> it's not a UFO. <laughs> 
Uh, but that's just cool. Anytime that you see lights in the sky, I just dig it. Like the Phoenix lights. I'm a big fan of that story. You know, from you know, Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I just like lights are cool to me. I don't know. It's just that's it's, creepy. It's, and some, I mean, some people say that they they've gone there because it 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 happens most nights out of the year. I think. Mm-hmm. So you can go. You basically you you park and then you have to walk to this kind of abandoned overpass area. Yep. And then you just look out over this uh, like this kind of gully in the in the middle of the woods and mm-hmm. these lights show up and some people say that they get pretty close within like you know 50 50 70 mm-hmm. yards or something mm-hmm. like that so it's pretty creepy it's probably an optical illusion but i love the story and yeah i love i, love the, I like the idea of like it, these yeah. weird supernatural things yep. so it's that's fun it's more I, fun what about you jay i had a uh there's this place called trowbridge that's out in bloomfield michigan uh-huh. and uh it's that's like Big bridge that goes over these double train tracks that go each way. And uh, supposedly the uh, urban legend behind it was that there was these... It's a very uh, upscale area over there. And these three kids that were just really down and depressed with life decided to end their lives by jumping off the bridge down onto the train tracks. And I guess uh, every half hour, one jumped and killed themselves. It's about a 100-foot drop. And then a train came by and dismembered their bodies. And before they jumped, they all spray-painted their names or sayings or whatever on the wall. Uh-huh. Um, and so we visited a couple times. Oh, you've been there? I have. Yeah. And uh, you got to walk down this steep hill to get down to the bottom and very creepy down there. <clears throat> and uh, the one quote was uh, said, a life well lived was a life worth m- remembering. And then I had the, one of the kids' names spray painted on there. I don't know if someone spray painted it afterwards or if that's an old thing to go along with. You know, yeah. if it's, it's original, but... Uh, and there was a noose hanging up on the bridge too. That obviously Ugh. someone threw that over right. in the time being. But it's still spooky, though. Um, yeah, but uh, shouldn't go there now because they're ticketing people. <laughs> we actually last time we were there, there's there's a statue right by there too at the church that uh, supposedly it said uh, there were two kids playing out after dark and the mom couldn't find them. They went missing, and at the base of the statue, uh, spray painted "Don't let your kids play after dark," and the hands were broken off of the statue, shooting blood out, and the eyes were missing. Oh! And if you go there today, the eyes are still gouged out, and it's missing the fingers. Weird. And so while we were there last time, this guy parks at this car at the other end of the bridge. Guy in a wife beater and just shorts gets out and just starts slowly walking towards us. And we're like, uh, uh, uh. And then he starts running after us. And we just hop in our cars and we start taking off. And he's chasing us in the cars through these dirt roads out of there. Was it Kid Rock? I, oh, I'm so stupid. That's why he was playing bada 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 bada. It's it's in it's in a swanky part of, of of the Detroit area, and it's a dude in a wife beater. It's probably Kid Rock. <laughs> but it was like that classic horse scene where the guy's chasing after you, and oh, you're yeah. doing like, no, he is a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> That's spooky, man. Like, how long did he cha- chase you for? Uh, five, ten for minutes or so through these dirt roads, twisting and turning until we got out to the main road. And That's creepy. In that Mustang, and I'm like, boom, 140 million miles an hour and got away. <laughs> um, my, my favorite one actually originates from my hometown, and then it migrated, or he migrated up to uh, the Caseville area. So it's the, the story of this guy, Bruno, which when I describe ah. him, it's going to sound a lot like Candyman. Uh, so it's his name's Bruno Man. <laughs> the story is that this guy was a he was a he was a, a criminal of some kind, and he ended up in the hospital. There's this really creepy hospital that's it's now a, an apartment building, right across the street from where my family used to live, on Whiteland Street. And uh, apparently, so he ended up in the hospital, and he lost his hand in an accident, and they put a hook on his hand. And then a nurse came in to, to check on him, and he was supposedly unconscious, but he woke up and killed her and then jumped out of the second-story window of this place and, like, climbed into a truck 
and somehow made his way up to Sleeper State Park, which is where we go camping yeah. every year. And that's where he stayed for years and years and years. And the and the story was, there's there's these cabins at Sleeper State Park. The story was that if you sleep in one of these cabins with your head facing the window, like your your head right up against the window, that in the middle of the night he would come and uh, climb through the window and take you like out into the woods. And there's a there's there's actually a lot of creepy stuff surrounding this this uh, urban legend that's that's true. Like they they said he would come and take you and then he would kill you and then he would throw your shoes up into the shoe tree which if you hike back into the woods at sleeper state park i don't know exactly where it is but i've i've got friends who have hiked back to it and there's actually a tree with just hundreds of pairs of shoes are you saying that we've gone camping at sleeper state park all these years and we have not gone in search of the shoe tree yeah i don't know well it's in a there's there's two separate parts of sleeper state park the part with the cabins is not where we camp Oh, and I've, okay. I've been to okay. that area. There's before. like there's like sleeper state east and sleeper state west, and I gotcha. we stay I gotcha. in sleeper state west. So I got gotcha. you. But if you want to go check it out sometime, I'm I'm more than willing to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, we used to go like uh, they used to take the sixth grade class on on a trip to sleeper state park every year, and uh, this kid uh, Matt Tomes, his dad, would tell the story at the bonfire. And he was amazing at telling it. And then the year that my sixth grade class went, they made him stop telling it. Oh, so I didn't get to experience that, that. Like all the all the classes before me, all my older friends got to experience him telling this amazing story. And and then he just told some stupid, like I don't know, just basic campfire story when we were out there. Bummer. <laughs> now you see, they I went there for like a a, a young sportsman's camp thing in sixth grade mm-hmm. and uh we did outdoor shooting and all that kind of stuff and yeah. they told us mm-hmm. that story around the bonfire oh they did and i slept with my head at the window that night did you this as you could say I, I don't have a head anymore so bruno is 100 percent real i never noticed <laughs> so anyway um, yeah that's uh those are those are our favorite michigan i also like the melon head story but i won't get into that that's, yeah there's, that one's there's some other stuff this borders this borders on on, on the idea of haunting that uh, kind of but there is another legend about uh there's a cemetery up at like 36 mile road yeah. on the way up to bad x oh we passed by it. yeah and supposedly there's this legend that this grave this this one grave there glows in the moonlight like it actually oh, like glows is that the north kidder road yes no, thank yeah. you yeah. the kidder road cemetery mm-hmm. um and here's the creepy part about it though we went there one time to see if this legend was was true um and when we got there, it was me and my buddy Rob. We were coming back because he used to live up in the Thumb as well. So mm-hmm. we were coming back and we stopped in there. And we never, we didn't experience the glowing legendary tombstone. But when we walked through the cemetery gates, the ground started moving. Cemetery gates, <laughs> Pantera! <laughs> uh, the ground literally started moving. And we realized that literally all around us, uh-huh. there was more snakes than I've ever seen in my entire life life oh, that's there had to have been hundreds of snakes just completely surrounding like us. every time you took a step the everywhere they would just scatter. And, and and every time that you would walk they would scatter and they would go back to where they came from which were under graves like there was literally you could see these snakes piling into holes going under tombstones <laughs> and it was the creepiest damn thing though so we didn't see the one legend but that spawned like this whole new like this place is fucking haunted yeah. or legendary or something. <laughs> legendary. I, I, I've been there once and uh, we walked back to the 
were looking for a geocache, actually, mm-hmm. which was the the original <laughs> Pokemon hunting, throwing balls game on your phone, right? <laughs> but you went and you found shit, and there was money in there and stuff like that. So get with it, kids. Um, and so there was one in the back, and we're like, this is the edge of the cemetery. There's no more gravestones. Like, this is just woods back there. So we go about, like, 15, 20 feet deeper in these woods, and there's this single big gravestone that's covered in vines. Mm. And was you could barely even see it. It was just completely covered and overgrown all around. Did you it. uncover it? No, but we found the geocache that was over there. <laughs> and we won stuff. Was it the dead body? Yeah. The funny <laughs> thing is, I feel as though that might have been the reason that we had gone there, too. Because we were all in the geocaching, I think, at the time. Right. And I, I feel like we searched around graves, something like that. But anyway, this is, this is about <laughs> urban legends, not yeah, geocaching. Let's talk about movies now. Yes. Uh, so we watched um, we watched three movies yes. that are based on urban legends. and Well, one of them is based on a bunch of urban legends. What's that movie called again? Uh, it's called Urban Legend. Oh, oh imagine that. <laughs> uh, is that the first one we're talking about? Yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah, jump absolutely. into it. Okay. Because it's the uh, the namesake of our quote from the beginning. It makes sense. With Lex Luthor. Oh, Lex. Good old Lex. Michael Rosenbaum, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Urban Legend came out in 1998. Came out, uh, you know, this was the this was the heyday of the, the 90s like teen ensemble, slasher movie the ensemble slasher movie it, basically it very, yeah. it very much fit in with with scream and i know what you did last summer mm-hmm. well it was uh, directed by jamie blanks who directed valentine valentine yeah. another 90s you know slasher flick right um featuring jared leto once again my wife actually stayed up out of <laughs> and didn't go to sleep just so that she could watch this movie because jared leto was in it and then I had to clean my couch. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> uh, Alicia Witt as Natalie. Rebecca Gay... This it has a really stacked, stacked cast. cast. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca Gayhart, Michael Rosenbaum, uh, Joshua Jackson from... Church. From... <laughs> Church. <laughs> oh, different Joshua Jackson. From, uh, from, Mighty, the, from Mighty, the Dawson. Mighty Ducks and the Dawson Creek. Tara Reid, Robert Englund, mm-hmm. uh, and Danielle Harris. She was in this? Yeah. <laughs> Knock it off. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah. So and also, and also, yeah. Brad Dorf. Oh yeah, had Brad an uncredited Dorf. role in the very beginning of the movie. Was he uncredited? Yep. Yeah, uncredited. Hey, this super stat cast. Yeah. This, I don't know about you guys. This movie was way better than I remember it being. I've I've always liked it. Like, I, it, well, it held up well, better though. You watch a lot of these movies nowadays that came out from the '90s. A lot of them don't hold up. They're kind of cheesy. They're kind of of the era. Um, and this one is all of that, but it's still decently good. Yeah. You know, like it, it didn't well, age as badly as other ones. I really liked the fact too that we were so it was it was me and Mike and then my wife and uh, Mike's roommate Jen and uh, I was the only one who has seen it in the past like few years. So yeah, I, so I you guys, seen it since you guys it came actually out. didn't even know or remember who the killer was. Nope. So it was like you were seeing it for the first time, which was cool. And you guessed completely wrong, by the way. In retrospect, I don't want to give it away. I mean, granted, it's a twenty-year-old movie at this point, but yeah. like. The, the 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 fact that the killer is who it turns out to be doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you think about the killer earlier in the movie. <laughs> like the voices and whatnot. It's like, well, okay. Well, there's, I mean, if you look at the Scream movie, there's voice changers. That's true. That's know? true. Um, so anyway, what, what did you think about the movie overall? Um, well, let's give us an Oh, yeah. First, first of all, so it's about a, a, a group of college students and... Uh, there are these horrendous murders that are taking place on and around uh, campus, and they seem to be lining up with popular urban legends. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
kind of goes from there. Some urban legends, and we'll get into this, are ones that I've actually believed in myself. I remember you were watching it, and I'm like, that's, I do that still to this <laughs> like, day. Oh, yeah, that's totally I true. I really do. Um, like, for example, like, the, the cool thing about this movie is that they take all these different ones and they kind of throw them, it's like a hodgepodge, hodgepodge of these urban legends. It's a pretty cool idea. It really yeah. is. Um, one of the ones that really got to me is the whole uh, flashing your headlights when you see a car without their headlights on. Mm -hmm. Now, the urban legend that I had heard is that there was like a gang initiation and that if you they, they will drive <clears> around <throat> with their headlights off and if you flash, either, either with you their headlights, their... either with their headlights off or their high beams on. Yeah, well, you flash them and you just became their target. Right. And I've always heard that. And to this day, I will not flash my my beams. I won't do it. I know it's bullshit, but I won't <laughs> but do was, it. There was a lot of gang initiation stuff that was based around that too. You know, they'll drive with their lights that's off. What, that's what I'm talking well, that's about. That's what yeah. he's saying. Like well, that's, that's, but, yeah, it's, still. but it's but it's apparently just an urban it's, legend. It's bullshit. Like there's no actual <laughs> well, there's no actual accounts they, of it ever. Well, they were showing that. I remember a few years back, news stories of some someone actually getting shot and killed um, from doing that, flashing someone and they chased him down. But is really? that is yeah. that a? Do you think that is a because of the legend yeah, someone it, did it? Is it, it? Is yeah, it, yeah, is yeah. it a product you know? of the legend or is the legend a product oh, of, of like real yeah. life? So that's that's what's so cool about urban legends is you don't really know you know what came first the the legend or the yeah. or the actual story. The tofu or the soybean. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, uh, but yeah, that was just one of them. What are some other ones they had? Uh, um, so they have um, the 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 one that I love in the beginning is uh, the killer in the back seat. This movie is responsible for me checking my like for years checking my back seat before I go to get in my car mm -hmm. at night. And uh, I love first of all I love Brad Dourif's part because he he kind of he's he plays a um, gas station attendant, but he's got a really bad stutter. So he's trying to warn this girl that there's a killer in her back seat, but he can't get the words physically out. get it out. And then and he he's, finally and, he, and he's all agitated right, too. He's really so it's agitated, even harder to... so he's freaking her out. So she ends up just getting in her car and taking off. And then the last thing, like he finally manages to scream, but it's too late, and he just screams, "There's someone in the back seat!" And when he screams, it's Chucky. Chucky, <laughs> it absolutely it's, is. I love I love that whenever you hear him in movies, like mm -hmm. no matter what role he's in, if if he if his voice goes over a certain decibel. octave or decibel, <laughs> like you're just listening to Chucky scream. That's yep. hilarious. Uh, so what else, what else is there? So we had the the back seat one. We had the lights. There's the uh, Aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? Yep. Um, There's the phone call. Which, well, we should explain some of these urban legends. Like, the the one, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights, was, uh, like, you know, there's roommates, and, uh, and and one person walks in and hears some things going on. Coitus. And in this case, it's coitus, <laughs> and she and she thinks that uh, um, her roommate, who's played by Danielle Harris, who plays just this just gothic, horrible, just... bitchy, gothic <laughs> chick, um, she just thinks she's getting laid because she's walked in on her before having sex. And then, uh, and then she wakes up in the morning and scrawled across the the wall in blood is, "Aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights?" Uh, Daniel Harris was in this movie. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else is there's the pop rocks and coke pop one. Pop rocks and coke one, which yep. nobody actually nobody dies from pop rocks and coke. No, but, but somebody does die based on that urban yeah. legend. It's more so. It's, it's a pop, joke. It's, it's a prank. Yeah, it's but. a yeah. It's pop pop rocks and Drano in this case. But, yes, yes. Yeah, you're right. Um, there's the terrible way to go. There's the dog in the microwave. The yep. old lady who from the uh, from the R intro. There's the uh, this one really scares me. Um, I'm not gonna say who who gets killed in these in in this fashion just because I don't you know if you've never seen this movie I don't want to spoil everything. But yeah. there's the uh, the scratching on the roof of the car. Yep. You know the like the 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 actual urban legend is there's a girl who 
goes out into the woods or whatever to make out with her boyfriend and uh he goes to take a piss or something and then she hears scratching on the top of the car yep and it's freaking her out and he took the keys and she can't she can't leave and so she just hunkers down in the in the car all night and then when she finally gets out of the car she she realizes that it's her boyfriend hanging dead and the scratching yep. sound that she heard on the top of the car was his hands not not to get off topic really you know quickly over but when you were uh, when you were in search of the city of the band when you guys were on tour didn't mm -hmm. you go to some place in like tennessee or something like that and you went to something that had the whole <clears throat> the uh, feet on the roof of the car we did yeah there was so uh it it, it was three in the morning we were in georgia georgia and, that's what it was. and these these the people we were staying with told us we have to wait until the witching hour and then we got to go out to this road where the the hanging tree is and the story was that this road, this decrepit dirt road, used to be a trail mm -hmm. for, you know, new settlers coming into into the area and stuff. And it was back in the time of, like, horse-drawn yeah. like horse wagons and stuff and people still owning slaves. Mm -hmm. And the story was that if a, a slave, I know this is terrible, but, but, like, if a slave got out of line, they would hang them from this tree just It'd serve as a reminder just far enough so that as the wagons went by the feet would hit the top of the wagon oh. as a reminder to other slaves like don't get out of line or this is what's going to happen to you and we went out there at three in the morning and we we suddenly hit just this opaque wall of fog like you couldn't see two feet in front of you and we just all started screaming and then they're like this happens all the time and we go probably a hundred yards through the fog and then the fog just stops Breaks. and then there's the hanging tree. And then right on the other side of the hanging tree, another completely opaque wall of fog. It was the scariest thing. Now, didn't you experience the, the rooftop though? No. Oh, you didn't? Okay, I thought no, you had. No, no, no. It was, no. I, it, whether that's actually, it's it's probably just an urban legend, sure. you know? Like yeah. whether it's true or not is, who knows? But it's, it's that, that kind of stuff. It, this this movie was probably made by dudes just sitting around telling stories like this. Oh, I used to hear oh, this. Sure. I used to hear this when I was in high school, and we would, you know, and then they mm -hmm. were like, "Oh, let's let's write a movie based on this stuff." Um, yeah, we haven't actually talked too much about the plot of the movie. We've mostly just been talking about the kills. But yeah, I mean that's kind of why you watch. The yeah, movie, I guess though, you can't really. I, the basically like uh, just to loosely get into the plot. Uh, Jared Leto plays a. Um, a reporter for the school newspaper and he's trying to get to the bottom of the whole thing trying to figure out why uh everybody's dying based mm -hmm. on these urban legend things and then it and then it revolves around this group of friends who are kind of in the thick of it mm -hmm. um so this movie this movie comes out in a post scream world yeah and uh, it, i i felt when i was watching it it has all it, re it reminded me a lot of scream and the fact that like jared leto is the one that's kind of keen to everything. Like he's he knows the rules. He knows the urban legends. Very scream like in that in that sense. And also he sh he shows up in certain spots at certain times where you kind of start to you're thinking you're maybe like, it's him. You're like, uh, yeah, like almost this, too convenient right, at times. Yeah. yeah. Um, spoilers. It's not him. Oh, <laughs> that's actually a huge spoiler. <laughs> you still. I, I figured out it wasn't him. I still didn't know who it was. So really, <laughs> um, you know, one of the things I loved about this movie too is that it had a lot of fun with itself. Mm -hmm. Did you know? There's a lot of Easter eggs were put in this movie that it didn't take itself too seriously. Like mm -hmm. it was a fun premise. It knew it had fun with it. Um, 
the there's Robert Englund is in the movie, mm-hmm. and uh, when you're meeting his character, uh, I think it was back against the wall. There's a little puppet of Freddy Krueger, yeah, and on the wall behind him. Um, oh no, it's uh, when they go into like the secret room that's in because he plays a, a professor who. Uh, he teaches yes, a, he yes, teaches yes. a class based on urban legends, and at one point in time, they kind of suspect Which, him. Which greatest of some... class ever, by the way? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and they suspect him, so they go into his office, which is an amazing office, by the way. It's not only is it a huge office, but then it also has a hidden room attached mm-hmm, to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that hidden room, when they first walk in, there's a little Freddy Krueger doll sitting on the floor. Yep. Which is cool. Uh, Rebecca Gayhart, who is in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, they made, there's somebody, somebody says a line to her uh, along the lines of, of she looks like the girl from the Noxzema commercials. Yeah. And she actually was the actress in the Noxzema commercials mm-hmm. in the 90s. Uh, and then my personal favorite is... Uh, Joshua Pacey. Jackson. Yeah. No, Pacey, yeah, Joshua Jackson. Uh, Pacey was in Dawson's right. Creek. He gets into his car, and he turns the car around, and the, the radio is blaring, I don't want to wait <laughs> for our lives to be over. <laughs> like I just, It was just really funny they would and put it, these things in. Like you it know? turns on, and it's just blasting on the radio, and he turns it off <laughs> it really fast. Turns Almo- it off. Almost, like, almost like in the moment, he's kind of, it, like the, it's, it's self-aware, you know? It's yep, really it's like, funny. It's like, damn it. <laughs> um, uh, I just love that, though. I love seeing that in these kind of movies movies because it just kind of puts you in a, in a fun atmosphere with them you know what i'm saying yeah that was kind of the whole point of this movie is just like everything about it was supposed to be fun i mean it had some decent you know decent 90s style scares and absolutely. stuff like that absolutely i like but it really i mean like it, it there's there's tons of little tiny urban legends that we're not even mentioning like the uh, the roller coaster of love part mm-hmm. like that's an actual that's that's something that I, that i heard for years which was uh in the original roller coaster of love, not the red hot chili peppers version, but you hear a scream at the beginning, and I've heard everything from what they say in this movie, which is uh, that's the sound of a woman being murdered that mm-hmm. they actually put in. And the other one that I always heard was because on on the original album cover of Roller Coaster of Love, it was a woman uh, like drizzling honey on herself, mm-hmm. and the the legend was that she like the the honey wouldn't drizzle properly so they heated it up in a microwave and then she went to drizzle it on herself and it like burned her horribly and the sound that the sound that you were hearing was actually her screaming as the hot honey was like hitting her body but it's like why would the band take that audio and put it on but that's just that's a stupid urban legend but that's what i heard when i was younger i'm surprised your mom let those those audio clips get up (laughs) <laughs> you did uh. it first um yeah so so if you haven't seen uh, urban legend it's a fantastic flake uh highly recommend it highly highly recommend well it. fantastic it's is, fun yeah, yeah. If, you're, if you're into those kind of ensemble like slasher flicks it's it's a it's a lot of fun right um speaking of uh of fun mm-hmm the next movie we're gonna watch is for or that we watched was from 1980. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so everyone's heard the urban legend of in New York. I think it's in New York City, uh, the alligators living in the sewers, right? The story is like a, like somebody gets a pet alligator, and it and it starts to get a little too big for their liking, so they flush it down the toilet. See, I thought that was just the Ninja Turtles in the sewers, man. <laughs> Come on. I mean, it's similar. <laughs> we had an alligator in Detroit this year that was roaming around the streets. Really? Someone really? let it loose. It was like a four or five foot alligator or something. Where? The guy had it as a pet and it was roaming around Detroit City somewhere. How did oh, it get God. out? 
I, I it walk, let it go. It walked. I'm assuming <laughs> you, you let it go. Like you get, what a dick move. Like it gets too big. You don't like it, so you just let it go. Like there's places you can take it so that yeah. it doesn't yeah, end up growing big and eating children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, that's a place. So, so that's pretty. I mean, so apparently it's true. Apparently the legends are true. So people now, are big enough assholes to <laughs> there, actually do this. There was a video. There was an actual video. I believe from New York. I could be wrong in the city. But there was actual video of, uh, of of a sewer system. They took a camera and put it down there, and there was an actual crocodile in a sewer, I believe, in New York. A crocodile now, or an alligator? Or an, an alligator. <laughs> now, I don't, like I said, I don't know what the circumstances were, yeah. and this isn't the basis of the story because the story's been around forever, but there is actual footage of this of this happening somehow uh, in real life, which I think is very fun. Um, but the movie well, that we're to, talking about... To me, I, I'm a pretty firm believer in the fact that all... All stories like this, whether it's no matter how loose it is, all these have to start somewhere. They have to be based in some sort of reality, right? Mm -hmm. You would think. You know what I mean? I mean, urban legends aren't just popping up for no reason. A small nugget of truth in there somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Like you just gotta dig and find it. Anyway, so this is uh, this is Alligator. Alligator from 1980, uh, directed by Louis Teague, who did um, Cat's Eye, Cujo, yeah, the, the Jewel of the Nile. Yep. If you, have you ever seen... Uh, I have not. I have not. That, is that the sequel to... Romancing the Stone. Romancing the Stone, yeah. yeah. I've not seen any of them. But. I like those movies. Um, and it was written by uh, John Sayles, who did uh, Piranha and the Howling. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So, like we said, it's about a baby alligator that's flushed down a Chicago t- toilet and survives <laughs> by eating discarded laboratory rats injected with growth hormones. It wasn't rats, um, though. I think it was dogs, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know. That's I, I just copied this from... Yeah, I noticed that, too. I had the same thing. Yeah, so it was it was feeding on dogs that were yeah. being experimented on by this company. Uh, yeah, the small reptile grows gigantic, escapes the city sewers, and goes on a rampage. The best rampage. I like this. I actually <laughs> like this movie a lot. It was, it was ridiculous. It was. But it was like that 80s, just kind of trashy real life monster movie you know i don't know like it was really popular time especially with jaws coming out the whole animals gone wild thing like, right uh and well, there's even a part in it where they basically clone the jaws theme yeah. <laughs> when the alligator is well this movie was jaws yeah just in a sewer with an alligator yep like the, yeah the the music like the famous dun, dun. this one was just dun. They didn't. They really didn't have a lot of imagination. <laughs> no. uh, but but it worked. I I, I dug it. Um, I actually like. I, probably my favorite part of the entire movie was Robert Forster's character, David uh, David Madison, who was mm-hmm. the the detective who was trying to figure out this entire thing. Yeah. I just. I, I he lo- played I loved- it so straight for so as such a ridiculous premise. He, he played it really straight. He played it super <laughs> straight, but his character was also like a he, he was a smartass, you know. Like mm-hmm. he joked around a lot, but he was also he was joking around in a, like a like a super kind of cool guy way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, yep. And I love, especially with me being the fact being that I'm going bald. I love. All the receding hairline jokes, <laughs> it, because this, there were this, a lot of them. This whole movie was supposed to be kind of, kind of serious. It was supposed to be, you know, a, a giant like killer animal movie. But characters would just keep on. They would like they'd be talking to his character, and they would just like kind of their eyes would drift upward, and he'd be like, "What?" And they'd be like, "Who cuts your hair, man?" <laughs> 
<laughs> and had and he'd be nothing like, to do with the store, and they kept going. Yeah, back he'd be to like, it. he'd be like, I do it most of the time. And they're like, you know, if you just grew that down right here and just combed it over, that would cover that right up. He gets done having sex with with the woman, and he's telling a super serious story about his old partner dying, mm-hmm. and she's just kind of combing her fingers through his hair, and he's like, "What?" And she's like, "Nothing." And he's like, "Listen, I'm battling male pot, male pattern baldness, <laughs> and I'm kind of sensitive about it." And it's just like it it didn't fit in the story at all, but it worked because it was hilarious. Yeah, um, yeah, th- that's that, that's kind of a, a good way to talk about the entire movie, though, because you have this the scary idea that this giant alligator is like literally eating people, which the alligator effects are fantastic. Yeah, look good. Looks really good. It was well, a they, mix of real yeah. and then, uh, and creature effects, and the creature effects look fucking fantastic. Um, one of the reasons I think why they looked so good is because a couple times there were actual human beings inside the animal suit. Mm-hmm. One of those people. Was a very young Kane Hodder. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Where did you read, find that I, little I, had, I, I read somewhere that Kane Hodder is an uncredited uh, guy that was played the alligator. No shit. I don't know much else about it, so if if I'm wrong, Kane Hodder, you know. I actually read to tell that, me, but to that point, uh, I actually read um, Brian Cranston was uh, a was a, a production yeah. assistant yep, for special the special effects, effects team mm-hmm. uh, on this too, which is so weird. Um, so weird. So so weird. <laughs> I, you you brought up something. You're like you're like uh, because they used a real alligator for mm-hmm. certain shots, and they just would use mini miniature sets. Yeah, which they kind of did this because out of necessity, because just like Jaws, how they were having the alligator problems. has to look huge. Well, just they were having tons of problems with Bruce. Oh, the shark, okay, yeah, yeah, because yeah. the animatronics wouldn't work in the water and stuff. So they actually had to, they were having the same problem with the alligator. So they had to use a real alligator for certain shots. So they mm-hmm. just built smaller sets. But you were saying, you were watching it and you're like, I think that's a crocodile. Because yeah. alligators don't get up so high. Was I right? Off the, no. Oh, I wasn't. No, al- okay. alligators do, when they're when they're actually like walking okay. a, a good okay. distance, they'll get all the way up on all four limbs like I'd always that. thought the alligators were more like the belly crawlers. Just you know? kind of drag their Crocodiles bellies Crocodiles yeah. were a little bit svelter, if you will, and they... Prop himself up. Yeah, no, I actually, I was, I was looking at, because uh, there was a, a pretty famous video, I think, from last summer of this just massive alligator uh, walking across the green of, of, oh, of, yeah. of one of. You remember that? Yeah, that the golf course. Was, yeah, yeah, it was at yep. a golf course, yep. and these dudes are like, it, that thing. It looked like a dinosaur. Yeah, well, it was like, practically is. Well, yeah, pra- <laughs> but it, it was, it was incredible. That thing was huge. It was like twenty-two feet long or something, but. um yeah. Anyway, I digress. The movie. <laughs> um, yeah. No. But the, did, go. Go ahead. No, yeah. I was just going to continue my point in saying the the, the the creature effects though look great. There's a couple scenes where the guys like literally get completely eaten. Yeah. And like it's like basically just their arms and their necks are sticking out of the croc's mouth, uh-huh. but it looks real. Like it looks really good. Uh, you know, they shot this in I'm assuming a soundstage, but it was a sewer, so it was very dark. And you could hide a lot of those flaws in old special effects in darkness, and then you you spray it down so the light glistens off it. It, just, it looks so good. I read that they did actually have to shoot around the crack a lot to mm-hmm. just like kind of kind of in the same way they did in Jaws, you know, like where they were having so many problems with the animatronics, which in a way makes it a better movie because you just get like the essence of the shark mm-hmm. and the essence of the of the alligator, um, just. It, it gives you like a little taste of it without really putting it out in your face. That was a weird. <laughs> that was a weird sentence. Uh, but it, I think in a way that that made it work more. You mm-hmm. know, because you're not 
when you when you blow your load, I'm gonna just continue with that theme. When you blow your load on one shot and you just show the whole thing, yeah, then sometimes it, it kind of ruins the fun for the rest of the movie. Yeah. So nothing, it, there's nothing to look forward to. In a way, like having all the problems with the animatronics and having to find ways of just showing parts of the alligator without showing the whole thing, kind of made it work better. There was one uh, scene that you because you you were mentioning that uh, it was shot in the dark. Mm-hmm. There's. Did you notice the one scene where uh, so so uh, Madison is down in the sewer with this young cop Kelly? Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're talking they about. They go they go to look at a map and there's just like one small flash of light, like that, like where one of them goes to turn their flashlight around, and you can see the crocodile behind them just, just for a split them a second. Bit. Yeah, it's, it's I creepy. thought that was such a cool shot. Yeah, this this for for being a kind of ridiculous killer animal movie from the very early '80s. Mm-hmm. It's it's good. Like, yeah. It really does hold up, yeah. Uh, it's, it, especially being that it's just a Jaws clone. Most Jaws clones were not great. You know, right. they were they were just kind of flushed out, and and that's it. This one's actually good. Flushed out. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so speaking of speaking of flush, the the the, the build up to this movie, the story is so ridiculous. It starts off. There's a guy. There's an alligator wrestler, right? And uh, he his 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 whole like uh, thing goes terribly wrong. He gets attacked by the alligator, and this girl and her family are watching it at this like park or whatever. Mm-hmm. So what happens when a guy gets almost killed by an alligator? Well, of course, her parents buy her an alligator. <laughs> Let's buy her daughter an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> and so they come home with this little tiny alligator that's like less than a foot long, and. For no reason, the father just gets super pissed off one day and takes his rage out on the alligator and just flushes it down the toilet for absolutely no reason. Yeah, I meant to go back and rewatch that scene to see if there was something that There's, set him off. Like, we, we rewatched it. There's no reason to, for he comes home, gets all pissed off, grabs the alligator and flushes it down the toilet yeah. for no reason. Weird. <laughs> What a douche. I mean, maybe they were just short on time for, like, the for production. Know, but... So they just, instead of, like, this long buildup to not being able to take care of the alligator anymore, it's just like, no, let's just make Dad get maybe, pissed. Maybe the filmmakers thought that if you're going to believe that there's a giant killer alligator on the sewers, you'll just believe that, you know, <laughs> Dad Dad was having a bad day. Fair enough. I don't know. Um, um, but, yeah, that's, that was Alligator from 1980. I don't think there's much else to say about it. No. Um, before we get into our last flick, mm-hmm. you want to dwarf me on another beer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. So our last movie that we're going to talk about is uh, a little gem called The Mothman Prophecies from 2002. This movie is, it's not scary. It's creepy as oh, yeah. hell, though. Oh yeah. Like it's not. It's we, a different kind. It's a different kind of horror. It's the kind of like it like I can watch I can watch movies that I would consider like scary mm-hmm. all day long and not and not really hit like I watch a scary movie and then once it's done I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. But movies that are creepy, they stick with you. They stick with yeah. you. And these are the type of like the Mothman mm-hmm. Prophecies was a, a movie that it's a little bit more cerebral. Like, you know, it gets into your head. Like, it's more psychological. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, not, it's not about the gore, jump scares, or anything like that. It's a little heavier, you know? So, so this is uh, this is based on a, based on true events. It's mm-hmm. about a, a guy uh, named John Klein, played by Richard Gere. Um, he is involved in a car accident with his wife, and he doesn't see anything, but she claims when she wakes up, she claims to have seen some sort of weird entity. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, She's just horribly paranoid after that. 
um, sh they find out that she has, uh, what do they call it, a glioblastoma? Uh, you know what? I forget. I, know, I, I think yeah, it's called I, glioblastoma. I think, yeah. It's like it's, a, it's in her brain. It's, a, it's, right? it's an extremely rare tumor in her brain, mm -hmm. which is weird because it's actually shaped like a moth when they show it mm -hmm. in the um, in the uh, CT. So anyway, uh, spoiler alert: she ends up passing away. Yes. Um, so then he, uh, three years later, he ends up he he's he's supposed to be going on a trip for work, and he ends up. Out in the middle of nowhere in West yeah, in West Virginia, they completely inexplicably just goes from like one side of the state to the other. He basically no he, clue. he travels 400 miles in the span of two hours, yep. and he has no idea how. No. So he ends up in uh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, where he discovers a, a, a connection um, with the same problem, being that you know there's like yeah. Uh, so he shows up in this he sightings, shows up in this sightings town. of the Mothman and stuff. Yeah, he shows up in this town, and the townsfolk are all acting very strange, and the the, the sheriff uh, played by Laura Linney. Uh, uh, yeah, is her telling, name's Connie Mills. Connie. Yep. Uh, she's telling him that the people in the city, they're all good people. They're all just they're good, hardworking people in a small town. Everybody knows everybody, yet everyone's been acting strange. Everybody's been reporting these weird sightings and this and that. And uh, and as as the story progresses, he just starts to investigate it, and he can't leave it alone. Like he just more and more keeps adding up, and 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 that's that's basically what the story is. It's him trying to figure out just what the fuck is going on. Right. And and people are people are reporting everything from seeing this giant like nine foot tall man mm -hmm. with piercing red eyes uh, to seeing you know the like the actual moth shaped man flying around in the in the sky and stuff like that. So it's uh, well, first of all, I I I don't. There are so many things in this movie where when he when he finds out about it, he takes it. He's really cool about it. Because he basically... Well, he's also, he's also a journalist, though. you got to keep the mind. So he's got a very rational mind, and I feel as though he's the kind of guy that when he's when when he finds something out about something, he processes it. Like, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that would freak out about it. And I think maybe that's why he is the way he is. That's true. That's, from a character standpoint. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. But there's, like, certain things. So he... Uh, um, this this one we're probably going to give a lot of spoilers away because yeah. you can't really talk about this movie without giving a lot away. But he, he basically ends up uh, in the middle of nowhere, like on this back road. His car breaks down. So he gets out and he approaches a house and he goes to ask for uh, just to use a phone so that he can call AAA or whatever. And uh, this guy Gordon... Played by Will Patton. Oh, who Will I, lo Patton. I love Will Patton. Will, he's so Will awesome. Patton is one of the best character actors, and he's in everything. Yeah. You probably don't know him by name. I I still I see him everywhere. I still had to look his name up. <laughs> um, but he is uh, he's amazing, and he's yeah, amazing he's, in this. Yeah, he's, he's really good in this. So good, so good. Um, so yeah, Will Will Patton comes to the door, and and he says he says to him, "Hey, my my car broke down down the road. Do you mind if I use your phone?" And Will Patton just puts a shotgun in his face. And like, and drags him into the house and tells his wife he's here again. This is the this is what I'm talking about. Where like, it's if you're a reporter and you're and you're going into things with like a level head and trying to use your rational mind and stuff. This is one of those things where you'd be like, I'd be freaking out. Like, because well, because Will Patton claims that Richard Gere's character uh, John Klein has come to his house the last couple nights every single night for the last three nights at two thirty a.m. on the dot. Uh -huh. Like. You know, and his wife 
kind of corroborates the story. She says she heard the knock at the door, but she yeah. never actually saw the person. That's not the type of thing that you would just blow off. Like, me personally, I couldn't think about it rationally. Yeah. I'd be like, what the hell is going on? Uh, well, he well he puts Richard Gere in a shower and holds a gun to him. Richard Gere, like, does start to get pretty creeped out by the mm -hmm. whole thing. He keeps a level head, but you can tell that he's reacting to it, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, so, uh... So he ends up staying in this town of Point Pleasant for what seems like weeks, and I'm I'm kind of thinking like the whole time his bot he's like talking to one of his his buddies at work, and his buddy is like covering for him mm -hmm. at work, and I'm like how how long can you fancy New York people like just blow off work before you get in trouble because he seems like he's gone for weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. But then again, though, the, the, the span of time's all screwed up, though. Yeah, you know that's the cool thing about this movie is it doesn't explain everything. You know, like there's questions that you're just kind of left with and it's just, it's the whole movie's so weird and, and it doesn't make sense because it's not supposed to make sense. Yeah. You don't know what's real. You don't know what's not. You don't know who's who. You don't know. Like it's, it's, it's almost like, um, I don't know. I, 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 I we uh, Silent Hill. Yeah. Where they just go to this place and it's like this alternate weird things are going on. You right. know what I'm saying? Like a like alternate, that's, that's alternate a stretch, dimension, like alternate a stretch, timeline. But, yeah. Um, uh, so just to just to get into like the actual the like the real story of the Mothman real quick. Um, so this is I, they take a lot of liberties with the story mm -hmm. in the movie, but there is actually a town of Point Pleasant, West mm -hmm. Virginia. There actually were hundreds of sightings of this mm -hmm. weird giant. Mothman figure, and uh, and it ended in tragedy. Mm -hmm. Like the 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 tragedy at the at the end of this movie, which people say was foretold by this figure, actually happened. Yeah, it was the is, uh, the bridge that yeah basically uh, collapsed. I think forty nine people in real life died. Forty six people in real life died. Thirty six in, in the movie. It was thirty six. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So um. Now they now they claim at the end of the movie a little bit of spoilers here, but they claim at the end of the movie that the real cause for the Point Pleasant Bridge in real life to collapse was uh, still unknown. That's not true. They know what went wrong. There was a, there was a support beam that gave way. Right. And that caused a chain reaction. You know, everything got out of whack and the, and the bridge collapsed. That being said, what caused that particular beam to fail? Not not even so much what caused the, the beam to fail. What, what was it that... Because there were people that were claiming mm -hmm. that they were getting they that they were told beforehand that it was going to happen yeah and and we me and you had a conversation about this and uh one of the this movie's weird because it combines like you had pointed out it combines they take liberties and they combine two stories there's another story uh that took place uh around point pleasant uh with a, a character named ingrid cold in indrid cold indrid cold yeah uh you know more about this than me so i'll let i'll let you kind of give his background well, uh, so so in the movie, uh, Will Patton's character says that he he met the. Uh, well, f let me rewind real quick. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite parts of this entire movie is so so Will Patton's character Gordon he uh, he he claims that he keeps seeing this figure, mm -hmm. and then he says that one night he wakes up and he hears something in the bathroom. So he goes into the bathroom and he just hears this voice coming from the the drain in the sink. And the voice just for like an hour and a half, just over and over, it says, Denver 999 will die. Denver 999 will die. 
and he just stands there and listens to it for an hour and a half. He says like he he couldn't move, it's you mesmerized. know, which is creepy enough sure. to begin with. My favorite part of this entire movie, and it has everything to do with Will Patton's react, uh, Gordon Smallwood's reaction in this moment, is they are they're in a diner trying to figure out what's going on, and uh, and Richard Gere's character John looks over at the TV and he sees something that kind of catches his, his attention, and it's it's a flight coming from Denver, and it's the the nine like the I don't know exactly how you it's yeah like like flight number nine out mm-hmm. of Denver and he goes over and he tells the the uh, the person behind the counter to to turn it up mm-hmm. and uh, Gordon stands up at that point and is is watching the TV with him and he's just got this look on his face like please don't say it please don't say it and it says flight number nine out of Denver and then as soon as it says ninety nine dead yep. The look on his face and the way he... It was, like, defeated. The way like, he, he, like, closes his eyes. Just like this, like, I can't... I cannot believe that he just said that. Like, I'm like, not crazy. I'm not... Or, or I am crazy. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, there was something... There was something about that one little, like, just that look on his face. That was my favorite part of the entire yeah. movie. Well, his gotta, reaction right there. You gotta think about it. This They're coming from this small town, you know, like, like Podunk town, if you will. Right. They're very simple people. And when stuff like this happens... I don't think that in real life people would know how to react. You right. know, you're, they're, they're just very simple, day to day, hardworking, blue collar Americans, and these weird, crazy things happen. Yeah. And it's like you don't know what to do with it. You don't well, know how to internalize. Well, it in a town, stuff. a town so small too, where everybody knows each other. Mm-hmm. It's like when you start talking a little bit crazy, people are gonna put you on a stick. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. They're gonna be like, "Don't talk to him anymore. He's a wacko." But then it starts happening to like everybody yep. in town. So mm-hmm. it's like, what are we all going crazy? Um. um Woo. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say, um one of the one of my favorite parts about it is uh the very first time that we need to get back oh, to Ingrid. I'm, I'm we sorry, need to get yeah, back to Ingrid let me, let, yeah, sorry. So anyway, <laughs> Will Patton's character Gordon. We'll come back we'll come back to my favorite part. Yeah, but. Will Patton's character Gordon says, um I, I, I met the guy who's telling me this stuff. His name is he says his name is Indrid Cold. Uh-huh. And this is where what Mike was saying, they kind of mix two different stories because as far as we can tell from what we've read, uh, um, and all of this is covered in in, in uh, um, various places. Uh, what's his name? Keel. Oh. Um, um, is it John Keel? I think it's John. Yeah, I think so. Uh, the the guy who wrote the original Mothman prophecies book. I think book. so. Um, both of these characters yes. are covered briefly by. Is it John Keel? Yeah, okay. that's correct. There's both- a character. There's a character in the movie named uh, Leek. Which is keel backwards, for the record. And and well, we'll get because to that. Of, because of that. Yeah. We'll get that. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, because I want to talk about that character a little bit. But uh, so so, um, Gordon says that the guy who's been telling him this stuff, I met him. His name is Indrid Cold, mm-hmm. and he he's this huge man with these piercing eyes, and he speaks without moving his mouth, and I hear without using my ears Telepathy, like yes basically. basically like he's telling me these things t- telepathically and as far as i can tell from what i've read the mothman and injured cold don't have anything to do with each other like injured cold is a f- from what people have described as like an alien mm-hmm. being and the mothman is something completely separate which is interesting 
Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to it. Yeah. It's 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 really strange. Um, you had you had said this about Indra Cold that it was a completely different character that took place during the same time but not connected. Right. I was doing a little bit of research and I had heard a little bit of the opposite that it took that Ingrid Cold took place in Point Pleasant as well. So he, he was spotted in Point Pleasant yeah. around the same time as the Mothman, but f for from all I from everything that I read and what I can tell, it's two separate entities. You yeah, know what I so mean? the movie kind of combines the two stories into one, right? And uh, and and coincidentally, in real life, all the accounts on both stories stop at the exact same time, right? So my guess is that that's the reason why they push these two things together is because there's probably a, a theory that they're one and the same. Um, and you had said that Ingrid Cole was a an alien for all intents and purposes. Mm -hmm. Now, when I was watching this movie, I think I had mentioned to you that a lot of this Mothman stuff seems very alien to me. Like it yeah. seems very lights in the sky and you know seeing these weird things and this and that and the red eyes. There's a shot in the movie. This movie's amazing because of its its imagery. There are some really cool things hidden in certain shots of things that don't match up. Maybe like there's a reflection at one yeah, point some, in time. Some stuff that you don't necessarily because I I don't I didn't even notice you that. didn't even notice. There's actually a right before the part that you're about to describe. There's uh, Richard Gere. His character is standing uh, talking on the phone, and he's standing right next to a mirror, and mm -hmm. the mirror reflection. Is doing all the things that he's about to do. Yeah, like it, mo like a it moves. Seconds off. It moves. It moves its hand before he moves yeah, his hand, and, so it, and it looks into the other room before he looks into the other room. And that same scene, uh, he gets all pissed off, and he like slams slams the door shut, so the mirror comes flying towards the camera. Mm -hmm. And as it's flying towards the camera, you get a face of of the Mothman, essentially. But the weird or, thing, but the, <laughs> the weird thing about it, and I, I screenshot this. I'll put I'll put this online. Is that the face of the Mothman, especially in this shot, it's the face of a gray. It really is. If you don't know what a gray is, the like gray a, like a classic, like a yeah, like a classic a alien big, with the big black inverted eyes. teardrop sort of face, giant black eyes, two little slits for a nose, and a straight horizontal mouth. Mm -hmm. It's a gray through and through to right. me at least it is. Um now this face is very reminiscent of the face that was on the um the actual Mothman at the beginning when it's coming towards when the When it's car. coming toward Deborah if you, Messing. If you pause yeah. it you can you can see it too. But to me Oh I don't think I mentioned that Deborah Messing was his was his wife. Oh That's yeah why I from just said Will and Grace. That. <laughs> yeah. Uh so the thing is though is like to me, I think like the filmmakers might have been pushing the idea that this was an alien thing. You know, this was somehow extraterrestrial which is another which is another way that they take liberties with this movie because um john keel himself the guy who wrote the mothman prophecies does not believe in aliens yeah. and does not believe in ghosts what he believes in uh, are what he calls ultra terrestrials which are basically the way he describes it is uh there's there's different um like like take radio waves for instance you have you have the the radio waves from like the highest tech, uh, like military radios, mm -hmm. all the way down to like low band frequencies, but you still have things that exist above and below that, mm -hmm. and basically those these beings exist in those higher and lower frequencies, but some people are just more sensitive to like that's that's kind of the way he explains away like clairvoyance or or. Um, they they're kind of like in tune with this this different frequency of the right. world. Right, or or the the way people say like babies can see ghosts, 
you know? Yeah. Like, oh, I, like, I, I it, absolutely like, like this that. actually this is actually a theory that kind of it, it kind of seems like it holds a little bit of water, you know, like mm-hmm. the way you know babies might be more sensitive to a higher frequency. Right. Not not necessarily a radio wave or anything, but but whatever frequency these things live in, like whatever dimension these things live in, maybe yeah. babies are more sensitive to it. And dogs, you know, people say dogs can see ghosts. What if it's not actually ghosts? What if it's these ultra terrestrials that are existing on like a different, just a different frequency? What if it's yep. time travel and when you come back, all these ghosts people think they're seeing are actually people that are time traveling? That kind of future. That kind of stuff freaks me out, man. Let me. I got. I actually got to. I want to. Do you guys believe in like precognition and stuff like that? Because that's kind of what this movie like. This movie is all I, about precognition. Yeah, I like the idea that we don't know shit about this world, and that there's so much things. There's so many things that are going on that we just don't know about, and mm-hmm. there are some people that just tap into it. And they probably don't even understand what's going on uh, completely. Yet we get these stories of weird things happening to them. I love the idea that does exist. Can I can I tell you a story real quick? I asked this specifically. Just I I want to tell this story because yeah. it scares the hell out of me. So I there's a, a a girl that I dated all throughout high school, and I was still friends with her even after I moved down here. And we went to a, a band competition, a, a marching band competition one night together. Dork. And, <laughs> and we're driving home, and she was falling asleep in the uh, in the passenger seat, and then all of a sudden she wakes up with this like horrible gasp of air. She just goes, <gasps> and I like I freaked out. I like white knuckled my steering wheel, like what the fuck is going on? And she she looked over at me, and her face was just white as a ghost. Mm-hmm. And and then she calmed down, and then she goes, I just saw. I just saw a car going off the road and I go, what are you talking about? She's like, uh, she's like, it's like I was sitting in the passenger seat and the car was going off the road and I could see the driver's seat, but it wasn't you driving. She said it was a girl. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like you had a weird dream. Yeah. So I go, we get back to my apartment. She leaves to go back to school and I get a call from my buddy like five minutes after she leaves. And my friend, uh, Jill, was driving home to go back to central Michigan. And he said about an hour ago she was driving home and her car went off the road. She flipped and she she passed away. Wow. That's weird. And I called uh, Missy, the girl that I used to date. I called her and I told her this and she's like, I, I saw it. I, I love... <laughs> God's crazy. I just gave it a jeez. But then, but then that wasn't the only. It happened to her again. She was at church. She was at church like a few weeks later with her mom, mm-hmm. and she looked at her mom at one point in time, and she had this really weird look on her face. And her mom corroborated this story, so I know that she was telling me the truth. She looked at her mom at one point in time. Once again, she was white as a ghost, and she goes, "Something's about to happen to somebody in here." And her mom goes, "What are you talking about?" She goes, "Something." is about to happen to someone in here. And then all of a sudden, from the back of the church, somebody comes running up to the front of the church. Mm-hmm. And like 20 seconds after she said that, an old lady uh, had a heart attack in the front row. Ah, that's weird. And and, well, and, and and her mom just looked at it, like, just stared the human at her, just freaked brain, out. I mean, most humans only use, like, a, such a tiny percentage of the of their brains. Right. And and, and I've, I've always been fascinated by the idea that 
that we have trained ourselves as humans to turn off parts of our brain, just like genes turn off and evolution and all that stuff, you know. And why uh, babies, for example, are more susceptible because their brains are still forming. Yeah. And there are certain things that are not turned off yet. Right. Dogs, for example. I'm completely convinced that dogs can see spirits. We had experiences in our own apartment with your dog. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, like, like super creepy shit. Uh-huh. I'm convinced that stuff is real. And, and some people, I think, just can use have access to those parts in their brain even if they don't realize what's going yeah. on and even people who don't like I, i've had weird things like that like the girl with the, with the story in the car like not often it's been there's been a couple occasions but one that sticks out that was probably the last one um there was a, there was an old guy that used to live down the street from us and um you know occasionally you'd see him come out of his house and this and that and you know do things ride his bike and to get around and he uh but it, but it was rare he basically <laughs> stayed inside and i was just thinking one day i'm like Man, I wonder what because I recently learned his name like six months prior, and after living him down the street from him for forever, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, I wonder what uh, Greg or what whatever the hell his name was. <laughs> I don't know it now, but I'm, well, I wonder, I wonder what he's doing. Like, how's he been? You know, is he all right? Like, uh, no, I never talked to him, and I find out a week later that a week prior, he died in his house, and he's been dead in there for a week. Really? Yeah. Like you hadn't thought about him in a long time. No. And- and I just thought about him, and then I found out a week later that he's been it's, dead for a it's week almost in his like, house. Like that point in time when he died, there was some weird universal connection. Right. Boom, Justin. Yeah. yeah, it's like when he died, it was just like a little in your brain, and it made you think of him. So it's weird. like when it's like when uh, they say twins. If something happens to one twin, the other one will feel it. Yeah. Or 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 a loved one, for example, mm-hmm. you have that connection, and maybe something in your brain shifts a little bit to be in line with somebody mm-hmm. and like or, you know something happens to somebody and you just they people talk about how they just feel it mm-hmm. you know we're getting off on a weird tangent right now this is yeah, not we're not, about we're ur- not talking legends, about but... movies anymore but it's it's the new and improved podcast yeah 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 <laughs> no i but this all fits in line yeah. with you know w- with what we're talking about here um it's just weird yeah i i think that i think that people are are in tune to different things I think that those things could very well have extraterrestrial origins. Ultra-terrestrial. Ultra-terrestrial. Um, I don't know. Back to the Mothman, though. I'm, I'm really trying to segue this back, <laughs> back to the Mothman. Well, um, I, I can actually, like, just to, to talk about John uh, John Keel, the actual writer the actual writer of the story, like, um, you mentioned that there's a character called uh, Alexander Leak. Yeah. Um, from everything that I've heard about the movie, that character is a more accurate representation of what John Keel actually is. Okay. Because he was, he was, uh, he, he was this brilliant guy, a college professor or whatever, who just got completely obsessed with this, um, with these, like, with these weird happen, with these, um, what do you call it? Weird occurrences. Sure, sure. He got so obsessed that it, like, ruined his life. His wife left him. His kids wouldn't talk to him, and that's pretty much what happened to John Keel in, or uh, yeah, John Keel in real life. So that's kind of why they put that character in the in the movie, is mm-hmm. to you know John Klein, Richard <clears throat> Gere's character is like this cool as a cucumber, like New York reporter who's taking everything and just processing it. Where in real life, when this stuff was actually happening to John Keel. Uh, he, he was like losing his mind yeah, over it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, yeah. Have you heard? Have you heard of? Uh, I know that the, you know this took place between uh, November '66 and December '67, 
when the when the Mothman with the first sighting was in like a cemetery somewhere. Yeah. And some guys saw them, and then you know once the bridge thing happened, that was it. Right. Have there been other sightings? Do you know since then? Um, or is this pretty much it? Like this is the one time in history people where this was seen. No, people claim people claim that there have been other sightings since then, but it's nothing documented it, though. It's it's hard to like once you get past the original claims, it's hard to know if people are just like they just want to be a part of it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. They want to see things. Right. Yeah. Um like there was an image that went around last summer I think where somebody's like, "Oh my god, I caught an image of the Mothman." It was if they found out it was just an owl holding a snake. Yeah. Which this, it did. It looked like the Mothman, you know, like it did. But in this day and age, people suck because everybody wants to be a part of something. Right. And so you, you, you can't really take anything at face value anymore. You know, something has to be really, really legit. I mean, to, we're, to, I mean to, we're, I we're guilty of it. We've, we've said before, oh my God, I saw some, I saw some crazy stuff and who knows if it was like, we believed it in the moment. Sure. And that's the thing is people aren't a lot. Most people aren't doing it just for attention and just for publicity. A lot of people actually believe that they're seeing things, but it, so much of it could be, um, influenced by what other people who have already seen. Sure. Sure. You know what I mean? So, um, uh, well, to, to, to wrap it up, Mm-hmm. That was the Mothman prophecies. Yeah, fantastic flick. Yeah, yeah. I, if you haven't I, seen it, we pretty much gave everything away. <laughs> but you should still no, watch there's, it. It's, there's it's, still it's a, a really good movie. There's still a lot of great stuff in there. I love and, this movie. And, and come on, Dat Richard Gear. Dat Richard Gear. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Oh, cool. Mothman. I, I, I got nothing else. <laughs> uh, we are at the hour and a half mark. I think that we have nailed our goal of cutting this down a little bit. Yeah, we're actually. Uh, that was one of the catalysts to redoing yeah, we, the show. We've talked to people, and they're like, hey, "Your episodes are like two hours plus." It's like I don't have that kind of time in my yeah. life. Maybe you got an hour and a half. Who knows? <laughs> we'll hey, it's, see. It, we're, we're getting down. Maybe one day we'll get it down to like 10 minutes. It'll ten, be the super ten minutes. Super would, 10 minutes would be ideal. That way I don't have to look at your face for more than 10 minutes. Justin's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that'll do it for Urban Legends. I, I think so. I like this episode. It was fun too. to talk yeah, was about fun. just the weird stuff that we know about. So, uh, so if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram and Horror Amino at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. If you want to find us on Twitter, we are at the Buzzed Kill PC. Yeah, yeah. If you want to find J Raj, check out at Ocean Recording on social media and www.oceanrecordingstudio.com. Also, uh, we I've been doing the Tumblr a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're if you're curious as to why I have not put up one for the Alien episode yet, it's because I'm a lazy piece of shit and I haven't <laughs> done it. Uh, that being said, uh, I'm going to redo I think the format of the Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I think I'm going to start redoing that. I'm not sure how I'm going to do it yet. So stay tuned to the Tumblr, which uh, you can find it at the Buzzkill Podcast.tumblr.com. Podcast. I, I, nice. I let you guys take that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll do something for this episode. You'll see what I'm going to do. It might be a little bit more of a condensed version of it. But, uh, yeah, it'll be there. Yes, sir. Well, that'll do it. Cheers, boys. Till next time. Someone's in the back seat!